Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Hello, this is how we greet you. This is what we say every day when we meet you. From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. It seems like actor Randall Park has been in everything. Veep, WandaVision, he played an amiable version of the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un in the interview. He starred in Netflix's Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong. Park's breakthrough role came when he booked the hit ABC series Fresh Off the Boat when he was 40, and after many years living with his parents and hustling for small parts anywhere he could find them. We'll talk to Randall Park about finding success, his wide-ranging roles, and his directorial debut right after this news. After years playing roles and bit parts, Randall Park knows how to steal a scene. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Park has played a scientist, a slacker, a dictator. His one scene in The Office, pretending to be Jim Halpert to mess with Dwight Schrute, is a viral hit. Morning, Dwight. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Jim. We've been working together for 12 years. Weird joke, Dwight. You're not Jim. Jim's not Asian. You seriously never noticed? Hey, hats off to you for not seeing race. (laughs) Park hasn't just made it in acting. He's made his way in acting, creating the roles he wasn't being offered, like the romantic lead in a rom-com by teaming up with Ali Wong to make Always Be My Maybe. And he's directed his first film, Shortcomings, which just premiered at Sundance. Randall Park, it's so great to have you on Forum. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. When I say you built your career from scratch, I mean, your dad owned a one-hour photo place, your mom did accounting for the UCLA student store, our producer Grace Wanchi did a show about Nepo babies, and we were like, wow, he is not a Nepo baby. I don't think you can be an Asian American in this industry and be a Nepo baby. Right. (laughs) So what drew you to acting? Uh, You know, it was college. It was my experience in college. I never thought that I had that in me uh, before UCLA. I I was a very shy kid. I um, uh, was, you know, stereotypically very good at math and uh, uh, and sciences. And um, I just didn't, you know, even consider it a, a remote possibility until I got to UCLA and uh, I got some encouragement from a, a, a teacher in, in the English department 
because uh, she had seen some of these papers that I had written and uh, and she was she, she encouraged me to think about pursuing writing uh, as a, a career option because at the time I didn't know what I wanted to do and uh, and I thought oh my gosh encouragement I'll take it you know any any kind of encouragement I needed it at the time and 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 that kind of uh, made me see myself as a uh, as a writer and and so I decided to major in English and 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 they had a creative writing specialization so I, I kind of geared my life towards that and uh, that kind of set me off on this creative journey and then to comedy too like to to start in creative writing did did you see comedy how did you see comedy actually is a better way of phrasing it as a natural fit or as a fit uh i you know it it kind of it wasn't really a decision it kind of just was something i gravitated towards and uh, i think it was because as a kid i was obsessed with comedy and i grew up uh watching sitcoms uh you know anytime stand up comedy was on tv i would watch and usually that would be the late night shows and it would be way past my bedtime but i'd be up sitting in front of the tv just waiting for the comedian to to come on uh uh johnny carson or and 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 later jay leno and and uh, uh and all the late night shows i was obsessed with david letterman and uh when conan came out obsessed you know i was just like such a fan of comedy uh uh and so once i started uh this journey into creative writing, it just kind of felt natural for me. I just, you know, uh, I just loved it. And, 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 and anything else felt too corny and, and maudlin and, and, uh, it was, it wasn't, it just, I don't know. I was, I was just so naturally interested in comedy. Yeah. We were laughing earlier about how to be an Asian American actor. Now you probably couldn't be a Nepo baby, but, uh, it meant, you would audition for so many roles and try to do whatever you could to try to get yourself out there and pay the bills and so on. And I laughed so hard when I heard the story of how you actually didn't remember that you played Asian Jim in the office, right? <laughs> like you'd forgotten that you had had that cold open. Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't that I had, yeah, I guess it, you know, I remembered. Be having been on The Office only because it was like my favorite show. And just to have done a, you know, a quick guest spot on it was just so, you know, such a, such a highlight for me. But then it was just the cold open, you know, on, on a, on an episode in its waning years, you know, and I, and I had a, I had great fun and it was just surreal being on that set, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I thought anyone would think about again afterwards. And then and then several years later, I'm walking down the street and someone yells out Asian Jim. <laughs> and I just didn't know the, you know, remember the context of Asian Jim. And and I thought it was like some racial thing, you know, <laughs> so I was like very upset, you know, and then uh and then I, you know, I go, I go on my computer and find out that this thing has gone viral, you know. And this one scene in this cold open, you know, I was there for like two hours total, you know, just went in, shot the scene, and left. 
uh, it had become this uh, uh, a viral thing, and uh, which was really cool. We're talking with actor Randall Park, and you, our listeners, are invited to join the conversation. You can tell us what roles of Randall Park's really stand out to you, are really memorable for you, or ones that you related to, or of course, you can ask him any questions about his work. You can email forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. You can give us a call at 866-733-6786, We all know the story of how hard it is to make it and how auditioning for parts constantly and, and getting rejected really does come with the territory. But there was this podcast that you did for Meditative Story, <laughs> where I think that's oh, trouble yeah. really hit. Yeah, it's actually a sweet story about how you met your wife, but it was also a, a real low point for you as well. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you were going through at that time. Uh, gosh, I don't remember the story I told for that. <laughs> there was uh, definitely a moment when you, I think, were a filing clerk for like a company that would send residual yeah, checks right. yeah, to, to actors and stuff or yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when I was, uh, you know, I, I mean, the first half of my career, I was pretty much broke. And, uh, uh, and I uh, needed side side jobs, like many actors do, I'd say the majority of actors uh, uh do and uh so you know i i had various jobs i worked at i had so many jobs oh my god i i mean i did everything and one of the jobs i did for stretch was i was a a filing clerk at a at an accounting office that basically did the accounting for uh tv and film projects and uh so my job was to essentially like take all these check stubs and file them uh, into these big uh, filing cabinets, this this room, this maze of filing cabinets, and and uh, and you know when you have this stack and you're just going from one drawer to another, it's, you can't help but look at what you're about to file. <laughs> and I would see basically these checks that they would pay these actors, you know, and and producers, and uh, and I would you know think of the checks that I was getting at the time yeah. <laughs> as compared to a lot of these checks that I was filing and, and, uh, and just, you know, seeing the hierarchy of the business and also, you know, how much some of these big stars would make. And, uh, and I remember, uh, I remember, uh, I think I could talk about this. I don't, I don't think Brad Pitt will be mad, but I remember, <laughs> I remember the uh, them saying, like, we're trying to get this check, this uh, uh, $500 check, like an old residual to Brad Pitt, but like they're not even responding. <laughs> and I just remember like being like, oh, my God, he's not even responding to $500. Like, how can you like, I'll take it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just it was it, it, I just marveled at the fact that they could just be not you know too too busy or and not even like $500 was so nothing to 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 him and to you know them or his team or whatever that that they weren't even returning these calls for them to to get this check and I, and I just thought wow 
you know, that, that, that's wild. Oh my God. That's crazy that while you're struggling, you're working at a place where you're getting to see what other actors. <laughs> that feels really painful. It was very disheartening. It was very disheartening and, uh, and probably a, a, a good source of a lot of sadness at the time for me. <laughs> well, you do say in that podcast, something really poignant about the fact that that time made you realize that you'd been a bad impression of yourself and spent too much time like that, that you would lose the plot and that you, you started to audition as the Randall that should show up. And I'm wondering if, I mean, I know you said you have a hard time remembering all these things because you've done. I don't remember. I have no idea of what you're talking about. right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I imagine, yeah. I have a vague idea. <laughs> but I imagine there was this moment when you were like, all right, I just got to turn this around. Like, I've got to I've got to tell myself or find out for sure if this is the right thing to be doing. Yeah, I, you know, and I think a big revelation for me at during that time, it wasn't so much of like, you know, oh, I got to change my, you know, how I audition or change. I mean, although there was that, you know, but it, it, it really was about changing just my, uh, my, my attitude about why I'm doing this and, and really coming to terms with the possibility or really the reality that this, you know, this filing job could be what I'm doing the rest of my life, you know, and I need to be okay with that as long as I get to keep acting, you know, as long as I get to keep writing and doing uh, plays with, you know, the theater group that I was in and doing stand up and, and improv and all the stuff that I was doing that was so fun. Like, okay, this might be what my life looks like from here on out. And am I going to be okay with that? Because wow. I am doing what I love and yeah. I'm working this job just to, to, you know, to to give me the ability to do those things. So more so, with Randall Park right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking this hour with Randall Park, actor, director. You've probably seen him in so many things. WandaVision, V, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Fresh Off the Boat, Always Be My Maybe. His directorial debut is the movie Shortcomings, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. He'll also be in a new movie called Strays. And we want to hear your questions for Randall Park. You can email forum at kqed.org. You can post them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at kqedforum. You can call us at 866 733 
1-866-733-6786. This listener tweets, please thank him for representing immigrant families with first-generation kids on Fresh Off the Boat. It was relatable to my Nigerian household. Was there any hesitation about the role or doing a TV series, i.e. commitment, given his broad film and guest starring experience? Hmm. Did you have any hesitation about doing Fresh Off the Boat where you play this dad, Louis Huang, an immigrant dad uh, in the sitcom? Uh, I, you know, I mean, there was no hesitation in regards to the the prospect of having a, 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 you know, a regular job, you know, in this business, you know, that was very exciting for me. And to be on a show, you know, that was always the dream just to be on a show. But the hesitation for me came in, you know, actually playing this character and 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 playing a, a, a Taiwanese uh, Chinese father, you know. To, uh, being a Korean American actor, that's where the the hesitation was, and and uh, and it, it, you know it, it was a uh, it, it was definitely a source of anxiety, and and I didn't know if I if I was the one to do that, you know, but uh, but I got a lot of encouragement from from people on the show and 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 also Eddie Wong you know I was playing his dad so it was very important to me that that he's you know he be uh uh you know good with me playing that part and 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 he was he was just very encouraging and and very uh, supportive and and uh and uh, you know that that was enough for me to be like you know what I I'll do this and and it's and it's an important show and if I could play any part in 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 getting this thing uh uh out into the world then 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 I'll do it why did you hesitate to portray a, a Taiwanese dad as a Korean American well I think because the character you know the the question for me was well you because know, I'm I'm okay with playing other ethnicities of Asian Amer of Asian if if the ethnicity isn't like intrinsically rooted in what the character represents you know yeah. uh, uh, but I I felt like well this character I I I felt like at the time when I was you know having doubts I felt like well I think his Taiwanese story is 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 essential to his to who he is you know but but I think I kind of evolved in that thinking you know uh really he's he's defined by by him being a loving father and husband and and those are the things that are really the most important aspects about this character and 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 what he means to this show and and the dynamics with uh with the other characters and and uh, uh and that was something i could identify with you know uh because that was something that was in my life i you know i i had a a young daughter and and my wife and and uh, and they mean everything to me and i i felt like oh i could bring that to this this character even though there are other things about the character that may not be uh 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 completely uh identical to to what i'm going through the the heart of what lewis represents is is there for me well, this listener writes, what's your advice 
when things are not working out, how do you stay optimistic that you can make it in a career as tough as this one? What kept you going when you were holding down so many jobs? Uh, really, you know, what kept me going was making stuff that, 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 that really was big for me, uh, collaborating with friends who were in similar boats and, uh, and just staying, uh, creative and staying, uh, 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 active, you know, and, and, and acting constantly finding ways to act because I loved to act and I loved to do comedy. So I was doing that, uh, constantly. I wasn't getting paid for it, but I was doing it. And I felt like in the, in the process, I was getting, uh, uh, better. I was getting more confident. I was meeting people, you know, a lot of people who I, I, I collaborate with to this day. I was, uh, uh, planting seeds that I, that really I wasn't aware I was doing at the time for me, it was just like, oh, I just got to, I just got to keep these, these muscles moving, you know? Yeah. You always wanted to be the lead in a rom-com and you didn't get to be the lead in a rom-com. And what I think is so cool is that you said, okay, if this is not a role that's being offered to me, then I'm going to write myself into one with with Ali Wong and Always Be My Maybe, which is a huge favorite, especially here in the Bay Area. It was set in the Bay Area. Can you talk a little bit about that? About Well, first, I had no idea how much you loved rom-coms. <laughs> I saw oh you do God. this like top five and like your top two favorite movies were like Boomerang and When Harry Met <laughs> Sally. Yeah, yeah, I love uh, I love a good love story. You know, I, I think uh, I think I I just love I I love like my I I've always gravitated gravitated towards stories about real people in real places. You know, and and rom coms are always that. You know, not always, but mostly that. And uh, and I felt uh, I don't know. I just always wanted to be in one. You know, it was it was a dream, and it was something I you know I never saw growing up. Uh, an Asian person in a rom-com, you know, as, as the lead in a rom-com. And it, and it was like, why, 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 you know, we fall in love. We, we, you know, we have our own, uh, romantic, uh, stories and, and, uh, and so, yeah, it just was, uh, something that I always wanted to do. Uh, my, my friend, Ali, who, uh, you know, also came from the theater company that I, that I had, uh, started at UCLA uh, back in the day, uh, loves those movies too. And we were just like, let's, let's, let's write one. And then to, to play a lead character who also gets to take out Keanu Reeves. Well, <laughs> yeah. Has, yeah. Right. <laughs> the dream, the dream. <laughs> that, okay. that, whole, that whole project uh, was really like, there was so much wish fulfillment going on uh, throughout that, that movie. And uh and it was really, and one of the great wish fulfillments, you know, I, I had always throughout my career, always wanted to like work with my friends on a project. And, and, uh, and that was, uh, uh, that was so fulfilling to be able to work with Ali and to be able to work with Nanachka Khan. You know, these are people who, who are such geniuses uh and just incredible at what they do but then they're also my friends and uh and and people who I just love hanging out with so it it was really uh so great in that way and I love that you and Ali really wanted to do something 
different with this. Mm-hmm. Show Asian Americans in ways they weren't being shown in rom in rom rom coms like sexy and and struggling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these were things that we uh, that we we identified with. You know, we're sexy. You know, <laughs> yeah. We've known struggle. We've known. Uh, you know, we know. We know. We you know. We know stardom, which is what Ali's character kind of uh, uh, experiences. We know. Uh, uh, yeah, we know. We know all that. So we 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 kind of threw everything into that movie. You know, because we we just you know it was an opportunity to tell our story. So we 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 told a lot of it. Uh, a lot of it in that one. Well, so this listener, Sarah, tweets, just tell him I love him. Two exclamation oh. marks. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thanks, Sarah. We're talking with Randall Park, and you can, too, by calling 866-733-6786, tweeting your comments or emailing them to forum at kqed.org. The roles that Randall Park's had that stand out for you, the questions that you have for Randall Park about his role, maybe you have wanted to act, but we're afraid to try or are an aspiring actor and relate to Randall Park's stories. The film you just did, Shortcomings, also tries to show Asian Americans just existing, like millennials existing as selfish or confused or or whatever. Why was that something you were so drawn to and was so important to you to portray? Uh, again, it's it's something that I love in film, you know, and I've always loved in film stories about people, like real people, uh, uh, just kind of living their lives and trying their best. And these, you know, uh, you know, movie, you know, I, I just love like movies by like directors like Noah Baumbach and, and uh, uh, Alexander Payne and Nicole Holof Center, you know, just these, these kind of simple stories about human beings. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I, we're at a time of really great uh, uh, progress in terms of, uh, representation for Asian Americans. And, uh, and I think it's a very exciting time. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled and proud to be a part of this time. Uh, but I, I always, sorry, uh, kind of, uh, 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 mean, poopy. Yeah. (laughs) Like not like, uh, you know, mean and, and angry and, and 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 basically complex, you know. We don't get the opportunity to be uh, uh, just trying our best, you know, and failing, you know. And 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 it to me, it's just so real. And uh, and I felt like Adrian Tomina's uh, 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 graphic novel that I fell in love with when it came out in two thousand seven it embodied all those things that I love about movies, you know, uh, but we, we never got to see ourselves in that way. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a trip that, that, that I directed the, the, the movie version of, of that graphic novel. Well, I loved that New Yorker profile that Washu just did of you. And there's something that you, tell him in it that I really, really wanted to ask you about. So Shu asks you if you feel like this more sort of nuanced depiction 
and film like shortcomings and even everything everywhere um, that they were possible because of the success of Crazy Rich Asians. And you say, yes, it makes it easier to get this made, but it makes it harder to get it made right. And I'm so curious what you meant by that. Gosh, uh, that's pretty deep. I'm surprised I said <laughs> It's your words. <laughs> Uh, well, I, what I meant by it was that Crazy Rich Asians was such a huge success and a monumental uh, 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 time for, for Asian Americans. Uh, and it was so broadly popular and, and celebrated by so many people in the community, outside the community, you know, internationally, that as this industry tends to do, it's it's like, well, that was successful. Let's make another just like that, you know. And uh, um, I think because of the success of that, uh, uh, the 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 uh, you know the the industry's response to that is very specific in terms of what they want from Asian Americans, you know? And, uh, uh, and I think a movie like shortcomings is kind of in a lot of ways, the opposite of, uh, uh, of crazy rich Asians. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, a, a romantic comedy by any means, you know? Uh, I mean, it had, it does play with the, the, the format a little bit, but it, it, it it's a, it's really about, uh, these very complicated people just just trying to be better, you know, and uh, 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 and that's not something that we the types of stories that we've gotten to tell, and uh, and it's definitely uh, not the kind of story that the industry has uh, felt the need to to subsidize, you know. Um, so. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a tougher, you know, a tougher thing, a tougher thing to, to, uh, uh, to get right, I guess, because there's so many voices, you know, and, and it's such a collaborative medium that I think people take their cues from what worked, you know, and, uh, it's like, no, well, this is different. Well, I, I think also you make this point that even when you do try to tell a different story than those stories like Crazy Rich Asians, for example, that they still do have these what you call traditional markers, like themes of family, the immigrant yeah. experience, something overseas happening, some kind of elder plays some kind of a role in this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I really related to that because um, those markers are not really part of my experience, or if they are, they're like not a big part of it, right? But <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I felt like I somehow had to make them more than they are now. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, they are, and I think they're, they're important stories to tell. And I think they're authentic stories because, yeah, we have grandparents, we have uh, an immigrant journey uh, somewhere in our lineage, you know, we have great food, you know, and, and uh, uh, we make dumplings from time to time. So like when you see that on screen, oh, that's cool, you know. But, um, you know, I feel like this industry, they, they, they want 
and this is this goes along this goes for every kind of under traditionally underrepresented group it's like they kind of want you for the stories that only you can tell that we can't tell you know like what like we we meaning like the the mainstream white kind of uh experience it's like well we don't know uh 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 the uh immigrant journey you know so we we don't we we don't have that in our in our uh you know in our experience so so uh, for the most part i'm totally generalizing so we want to get it from you because you have that it's immediate for you you know we don't have uh uh the uh, intergenerational conflict that that you guys know in the way that you guys know. So so you can tell that story. Uh, uh, but when it comes to walking and talking on the street and hanging out in diners and trying to like figure out your life and and making mistakes and dating and and uh, uh, and uh, you know all, all well well we got that covered. We don't need that from you. You know we want your martial arts because because who that's what that's what you can do that we can't do, you know, but, but, but we got the other stuff covered. And I feel like uh, that thinking goes along for every group, you know? Uh, so, so in that sense, it's, it's really hard to, to make a movie without those markers, you know, that, that uh, dis distinguish us in the eyes of the industry from, from the stories that they can tell and that they've been telling for a long time. I, I think that is, such an interesting and important point yeah. we're talking with randall park and uh he's an actor and director he's just on a film called shortcomings that you should check out that lets asian americans just tell a story that isn't connected to dumplings <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have more with him after the break stay with us this is forum i'm mina kim Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I hit John Wick and now I'm feeling so appealing. Basically, I'm a god. You could call me Hercules. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I'm telling you for real, I punched Neo. He could duck bullets, but he couldn't duck. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking with Randall Park, who co-wrote, produced, and starred in the Netflix movie Always Be My Maybe, where that song came from. I punched Keanu Reeves. And he's also been in so many many other things that you probably recognize. But he's got a new movie, Shortcomings, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, his directorial debut, which we were just talking about before the break, and we could talk about what you want to talk about, listeners. 866-733-6786, the number, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum, email forum at kqed.org. Ingrid tweets, Randall Park and Ali Wong were so funny and utterly charming and always be my maybe sequel? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, if the stars align and the, the creative stars align and we come up with an idea, who knows? But uh, but but for now, we're uh, we're uh, we're not we're, we're basking still in our uh, uh, in our experience with Always Be My Maybe. Nice. Let me go next to Asia in Oakland. Hi, Asia. You're on. Hi, this is Asia in Berkeley, and I'm so excited. Okay, I'm so excited. Randy, uh-huh. this is Asia from Peace Quest. Remember from Peace Oh my Quest? God! Yes. Oh my God! I'm, like, I'm so proud of you. I am your biggest <laughs> fan. I'm over here. Oh, it's I'm so good to hear from you. Whenever I hear you, I see you on the TV or whatever, I'm always going, oh my God, that's Randy. Everybody needs to quiet. That's Randy. Gotta go to watch. Gotta watch him. And my, so, you know, my husband. You know, she's an old friend because she called me Randy. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like this Randall Parks thing. What's that? Like, <laughs> like it's Randy. <laughs> and then, of course, I know Mina because, you know, Nadia is my, my, my oh best my buddy. Oh my God. But, and, yeah. Hi, Asia. <laughs> Hi. Anyway, so I walk in the door and I hear Randy on the radio and I'm like, I'm calling and I'm going to get through this. Oh my time. God, Asia. Right <laughs> <laughs> what's funny, can I just say the one thing about you, Randy? You're so, you're so delicately perfect in all of your work that I've seen. Uh-huh. Um, just like, uh-huh. just like you were in Peace Quest, you had this flair yeah. of like, like this something that was just kind of like a remarkable familiarity, like when people just feel comfortable with you right away. Yes. And so when we did our sh- our little skits together, like I'm like, oh, cool, I'm with Randy because like it's going to be easy. Like we're just going to be playing off with each other. It'll be easy improv, <laughs> right. you know? Um, the most, the, the, the most, the most, the, the most important thing I want to say about always be my maybe for specifically is that you made, you, you, whatever you guys did and all the energy between you and Ali Wong and, and everything, you, you made someone who's, like a, like like a, a man. I'm, I'm not saying that men don't like that movie, but my my husband fell in love with that movie. Is what I'm saying. You, you, whatever you guys did with that movie, he wants to watch Aww. it over and over and over and over again. Wow. <laughs> and and he loves you. He's like he feels like he knows you, but I'm only through like what I talked to you talked to him about. <laughs> but he's like he's like no no no. This guy's dope. Like this guy's dope. Oh my god. <laughs> <And, laughs> Thanks, Asia. That's so, so nice to hear. Oh man! Oh, oh my God, Asia, say say hey to Tiku <laughs> and Zoe, who when she called it, we still talk about it. <laughs> oh, good. She she has a little like little recording bite of it, and she's like, "I was on the radio, yay!" Oh, so, oh. oh, love you guys. So keep keep up the great work. 
So oh. nice to hear from you, Asia. Yeah, so yeah, great to hear from care, you. Yeah, Randy, keep keep doing what oh, you're doing. Oh wow, okay. that was that was crazy. <laughs> Bye, Asia. Oh my God, that was awesome. I had no idea we had that connection, Randy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let me go to caller Jay next in Sacramento. Hi, Jay, you're on. Hey there. I just wanted to say, you know, as a Chinese American, that I love your films because you're portraying what's. I guess as a tertiary being Asian, but not as a primary. And that's um, sort of your big appeal to me. You're just telling stories, you're being who you are. And beyond that, you know, the, the Korean American part or the Asian American part isn't necessarily the primary thing that you portray in films. And I think that's super cool. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Um, Sarah writes, as the internet's resident, oh, hey, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite and least favorite role to get recognized for? Ooh, least favorite role to get recognized for. That's an interesting question, Sarah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that is. I mean, favorite. I, it, that, it, it's really hard uh, for me to answer because I, I like, I don't know. I feel like everything I've done, I mean, to me, my favorite is just when, if, if I get recognized, say, out in the street, if the people are nice, and and people are always nice and regardless of what they recognize me for. And I think it might be because, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think all the characters, you know, they, they, I, I, that I've played have had something something relatable about them. And uh, uh, so it's hard for me to say, like, what's my favorite or or even my least favorite. I, I can't answer that. I'm, I'm so sorry. They're, they're, they're all my favorite because. Uh, you know, they've inspired people to be nice. And also I got paid for each of those. So, you know, like when you, know, you get paid, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I know that that is a part of the process of, of trying to do as many roles as you possibly can to be able to make it and to pay your bills. But I'm also curious what you think you got from that experience that's unique the fact that you do have so many credits you've been able to play so many right wide-ranging roles you step in for a really short thing it's got to also be an asset yeah i mean i think for me it it it, it, it for me it makes sense be, only because i came from a background where you know in this theater company at ucla uh, you know, as an Asian American theater company, we wrote all of our own material after I graduated from UCLA, started another theater company with a lot of the, you know, the, the members from that college theater group. And, and, uh, and was, and again, we were writing a lot of our own original work. And because of that, I got to play everything, you know, I got to play so many things. And I think when I started in this industry, it was like, you know, it was really kind of depressing for me because I I didn't get the opportunity to play all those different things. And I was so used to that, you know, and uh, uh, but as my career progressed, I kind of found myself playing a bunch of uh, different different kinds of characters. And that, you know, it kind of brought me back to my roots, which is what what I've been able to do. And and uh, and uh, yeah, so it's it's just a great blessing and, and I and something that I feel very lucky about. Well, this listener writes, is there a role that Randall Park wanted that got away that he still thinks about? And they also want to know how you get over rejection. 
Uh, there is no role that, that I wanted that, that I still think about, uh, cause I'm trying to even remember something that I can't really, um, uh, I do remember auditioning for Harold and Kumar early on and being called back, uh, a bunch of times and meeting with the director and, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I got this because this is my like fifth time here auditioning for them, you know, but, uh, but I mean, come on, John Cho was, that was John Cho's role, you know, he was iconic in that. And, and I think it was written for him, you know, and they were just probably auditioning folks to see if there was a backup in case he couldn't do it or, you know, uh, so I don't think back at that and think, oh man, I should have gotten it. But, uh, but uh, it was, it was a bummer at the time, you know, because I had gone in so often and I think throughout my career there were a lot of bummers in that way where it was just like oh it would have been so great to play that role and and uh and I think you know dealing with rejection going to that question I think it just goes back to what I said before just like find opportunities to 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 keep acting you know they don't have to be on tv or film or you know just just do plays do you know do just make stuff, make videos. I don't know. It, it's, it's to, for me, that was like so therapeutic and so, uh, 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 so fun and, 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 and truly did plant the seeds for a lot of things that would blossom uh, later on in my career. Well, Judith writes, the 2014 film, The Interview, gave me my first experience of Mr. Park. He was brilliant, playing both the charismatic and dark sides of Kim Jong-un. Mr. Park's energy is so uplifting and genuine. I'm always happy to see him in anything he does. Oh, that's really nice. Is there a dramatic role or is there a role that you really want to want to play that you haven't gotten to play yet? Something I definitely want to do more uh, drama and, uh, uh, and, you know, when I, again, when I was in that theater group in, in college and after college, I, I got to play everything. I got to play villains. I got to play uh, really dark characters. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I do, uh, you know, I, I would love to, 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 to do some of that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The way you did, I think it was Danny Chung and Veep. Who's like yeah. sort of he's a, he's kind of a villain, right? He's but he's like yeah, a, yeah. he's schmoozy, but he's also super cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very. Uh, that was really fun. That was really fun, and uh, uh, and also come on, Veep. I mean, what an incredible <laughs> show! And uh, but to be able to play uh, a, a character that yeah was uh, a smarmy character was 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 great fun. And to do that in a guest role like that and to really make it shine, it was really great. It was one of the roles that that also made me really take notice, um, oh. Randall. Uh, Adriana tweets, how did Randall end up as best friends with The Rock? Is he learning any wrestling moves? Are you... <laughs> I yeah, The tweets. Rock and I are, you know... <laughs> Well, I'm on the show Young Rock and I play and we we play uh yeah, I mean we're 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 very uh we're very close and you know that and uh I got to tell you that dude's amazing. He he <laughs> he's the, he's the sweetest guy and uh and uh these past 3 seasons I've gotten to, you know, 
we we kind of shoot all our stuff for the season at once the rock and i for every episode we shoot them all kind of in in a, in a week a week or two week span and so i get to spend two, two for the past three years i've gotten to spend two weeks with him every every year and uh it's it's been it's been great fun i, I love that guy we are talking with randall park and you are listening to forum i'm mina kim Scott writes, the Asian perm episode of Fresh Off the Boat directly connected with me because I have a full Chinese uncle who had curly hair and never talked about it. <laughs> As for an actual question, what does your now grown daughter feel about her role as baby mentalist in your video <laughs> skits? Okay, you got to talk about what baby mentalist is. Uh, baby mentalist is a... Uh, so, so I... There was a period when I was making a lot of uh, web series, different web series, web series, web series, <laughs> or uh, for this thing called Channel 101, which was a, a kind of a monthly uh, a web series competition where uh, if the audience votes, like you, you submit a pilot and if the audience votes for your show, then you get to make the next episode uh, and uh, and you get to keep doing that until your show gets canceled or you end it. And uh, and uh, sh shortly after uh, uh, we we had our daughter, our da sh shortly after she was born, we you know I was at home and I wanted to to I was itching to make something, and uh, so uh, I decided oh I'll make a you know a detective show, uh, which is another genre I love, uh, and uh, but I'll, I'll have Ruby uh, my daughter play the the lead detective, and uh, uh, she was just a baby at the time. Uh, so it was kind of absurd, but uh, but that show kept going. It kept getting voted on to the next episode. It was number one like every every uh, month. So uh, we just kept making more until we decided to end it shortly <laughs> after she started walking, because uh, then you know she could move and uh, <laughs> you couldn't uh, control her. As well. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, so funny. Yeah, so uh, uh, I forgot the question, but but that's I what think they were asking about. Um how your daughter feels about it now. <laughs> oh, 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 she, she just doesn't care. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny. Baby Mentalist <laughs> is really funny. Russ wants to know, has the popularity of Korean dramas influenced in any way the available roles for Asian actors in the U.S.? It's an interesting question because we were just talking earlier about, you know, kind of what's popular and how that can influence what people expect to see from Asian actors. And I have no idea if that's connected to this at all. But I am curious if it has had any effect and if it's positive or negative or, mm, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, um, I'm sure it has some effect just because they are so popular and so uh uh, loved everywhere, including here in, in the U.S. And I love them. I get obsessed with them. And uh, uh, so my guess is that they, 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 you know, people are taking note. But, um, but as to whether they're providing more opportunity, I, I, I really don't know. I do think that they are kind of increasing the general consciousness that, you know, people who look like us have these great stories you know, to tell. And, uh, and that's always a good thing. Well, the listener writes, I'm a huge fan of Randall Park in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think he should do a spinoff with Owen Wilson. It would be awesome. Oh, I love Owen Wilson. That would be so cool. 
I want to ask you about how the experience was of directing for you. I mentioned earlier that Washu piece, and one of the things that really came out was that it, it sounds like it really made you feel pretty vulnerable, and and it was an incredible amount of work. Yes. And so, yeah, so talk about what it was like to be behind the camera for a film. It was amazing. Uh, uh, such a great experience. Uh, it felt uh, in, a, in, a, in a strange way, in, in, a, in a way I felt very comfortable doing it. You know, I felt like, oh, I was using a lot of my skill set uh, 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 directing in terms of uh, everything that I've learned and picked up in my throughout my career, uh, uh, just using all of those parts of me. Uh, so it was very fulfilling in that way. Uh, but also, yes, very challenging. And especially when you're you're so close to something and you feel so connected to a to a to uh, a story and 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 you have a vision you know your job as a director is to have a vision and to to make sure that vision gets uh conveyed but uh but uh, you know it's also a collaborative medium and you're you're working with people and everyone has their own ideas and you want to try to take the best ideas that support your vision and and uh uh, uh and that could be tricky you know because there there are times when especially someone like me, who's, who's just like so eager to please where, where it's like, Oh, I got to, you know, I got to stick to my guns here. I got to stick to my guns. And, and, and that lead can lead to conflict. And, but that's like the beauty of filmmaking, you know, it's like, it, it, it's, it's truly, especially independent film. It's something you have to fight for, you know, in, in every way. And, uh, uh, and that's exciting, but it's also, uh, you know, very challenging. And, uh, but what I, but I would do it again because I just loved it so much. Well, Randall Park, thank you so much for, for all the moments that you have given us. Congratulations on shortcomings and, uh, and thanks for never giving up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Mina. That was, that went by so quick. That I know. So, so thank fast. Enjoy thank talking. You for being on. Randall Park, check him out. Check out shortcomings check out strays and all of his other work there is so much to enjoy forum was produced by grace Wan, caroline smith marlena jackson redondo susie Britton is lead producer susan davis is our senior producer engineers are danny bringer brendan willard brendan willard and jim bennett our interns are lulu ralda and jericho reininger vice president of news is ethan tovin Lindsay. our chief content officer is holly kernan have a great weekend thanks for listening to forum i'm mina kim Every dog will have his day, and I'ma have mine. Buy a box of rosé, and I'ma have wine. We order too many tennis balls, but it'll be fine because we got a new song to remind you that we bounce, bounce back, bounce back like a tennis ball. Bounce back, bounce back like a basketball. Bounce back, bounce back like a soccer ball, or really any kind of ball. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.